live here at the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neil. I'm Diablo Joe. And we're joined by the Adams family of Toby Poser. Hi. Hello, John Adams. What's happening? Nice to see everybody. Nice to see you again. And Zelda Adams. Hello. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for being here. And it's very exciting that I saw it's uh, coming to Tubi. Yeah. Yeah. Really by cool. it, I mean where the devil roams. Yep. We're so excited for people to get to watch it. Like, we've been just, like, waiting for people to get to see it. And I, I it's great that we have a platform we get to show it on. Yeah, and the trailer is awesome. Uh, I showed my mom today. Who's the big fan? Ah, oh, my God. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've been sharing it around already. It's, it didn't take long. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate it. <laughs> so for people not aware, haven't seen the trailer yet, can you give them an idea of where the, what the devil roam, where the devil roams, what that is? Yeah, Where the Devil Roams is about a family of sideshow performers during the Depression, the Depression era of America. And um, when they have a murderous side act that keeps them on the road, but when some shit goes down, it's up to their daughter, Eve, who's a very quiet, dark angel, to put the pieces back together. Yeah, and it's hard to explain too much about the movie uh, without giving a lot of it away, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun, but you know, it's like we loved making this movie. This was a movie that we all chased together. It just kept unfolding in front of us. It was this kind of beautiful experience and it's dark and bizarre. And it also has a lot of roots in like, we set it in the thirties, but it's kind of very mirroring today's America. Diablo, you, I mean, you you were so generous to us with their, your review. What did you think about our uh, kind of having some contemporary, you know, fixtures in a Depression-era film? I, I, I love that it, it, because it basically what it gave me was a sense of, um, like, I, I, th I think I may, ref may have referred to it specifically as, as like a dark fairy tale sort of thing. It's, 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 it's a very surreal film. It has a lot of moments where you're just uh, uh, your your mind goes into this very deep, what am I watching place, <laughs> and, and 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 it and I like the fact that it doesn't quite feel real, but it still feels like a solid period piece. It exists in its own world. Oh, that's, that's really so nice. That's that cool. you said a lot of things right there that we wanted to do. We wanted to set it in the '30s. But we didn't want to be locked down by the rules of a period piece. Yeah. And so it was fun to cast characters like Razor and Adam that are modern Carney characters. Right. That's what they are. And they're these beautiful people that have their own Carney act. And they were perfect in our movie with their modern tattoos and piercings and everything. It was really fun. Uh, and when Joe was talking there about it feels surreal, the world, you know, it's not quite real and it is. But then what I thought really made an interest and then all the photo uh, when she's taking the photographs, that seemed real. So it was like that's like the real part of this world and the rest of it's like this weird dream. Oh, I like that. That's I'm, I'm going to steal that. That's <laughs> an interesting take. <laughs> well, we definitely it wasn't like that. Sounded, but, yeah. but when she takes those pictures. Yeah. That's hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. No. Go on, sorry. 
Oh yeah, no, yeah. Those are some, those were some fun things to uh, to to make. Like we employed some friends who were just who always wanted to be killed on film. So we're like, I'm glad you added the on film part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we're rehearsing. Um, uh, and yeah, so a few of those friends got to be in those pictures. So your last movie was your COVID movie, I think, was like um, so it's very sparse in, in characters. Even uh, Deeper You Dig doesn't have a lot of people. This has a lot more uh, cast members. Um, so what was that like, you know, actually, you know, working with a, a lot more people than you normally do? Honestly, I found it quite great. You know, a lot of the people that we hire and work with are our close friends and family. So it's kind of like we're just hanging out with them, you know, in on the job, but kind of in our own, like, filmmaking realm, wouldn't you guys say? Yeah, they brought a lot of, you know, we we want to expand our characters and we want to expand like our palette, you know? And so finding the right people to work with is a joy. And I think we were wildly lucky about the people that we got to work with because they all brought, you know, we had our ideas of what we wanted, but they brought what they had. And a lot of the time that was what was beautiful about their characters was just what they had inside of them you know again it's like people like razor people like sam people uh like our like even like our neighbors or, or people from the grocery store who wanted to be killed like the woman that gets killed over the tire is um a neighbor and she she loves our horror movies and she's always talking about him i want to be in the horror movie and she was she, she was amazing her name's colleen and she was so good at being terrified. It was wonderful. <laughs> she looked like she was absolutely, it wouldn't be any other place but in laying in that bed. Yeah. It was awesome. When we were directing her, we told her what to do and she was you know, tied up to the tire. And she just started acting her ass off. And we were like, oh my God, Film. Is, she, is she okay? <laughs> yeah. We're too good at this. Yeah. And uh, Justin Julio, who uh, I'm friends with, uh, and Annabelle and I are friends with. So that was very cool to see him in the movie. And so how did you get in contact with him? Because I'm pretty sure he's from Boston. No, oh, that's great. He wrote us on Instagram and he said, hey, I would be honored to act in any of your movies. So if you need someone with no legs, I'd love to be in your movie. And we were like, dude, we would be honored to have you in our movie. And so I started writing him. We didn't have a part and we wrote that part for him and it changed the movie and it adds such a beautiful element. And he was this amazing, again, wonderful person to work with and get this great acting. So what happened was, like you said, he lived in Boston. And so, you know, we were like, hey, how about we drive to Boston and we'll film you up at your house? And he's like, okay. And so we drove up there and we didn't totally know what we were doing at that point. We're like, And he was such a great sport, but we didn't get it and it wasn't his fault. So a couple months later, I tried to edit it together and I said, hey, Justin, I'm, I'm really sorry, but can I come pick you up in Boston and bring you down to our barn because we're more comfortable filming in our barn. We could do a better job. And he said, yes. 
And what it did was it gave him three months to kind of rehearse the role. And for me, Justin's flawless. He's incredible. And he's already getting a lot of great feedback. And so we're just so happy to partner up with him. Yeah, he's amazing in it. Uh, that's awesome, actually, that you wrote the role for him because uh, his old, all his dialogue is great. The the whole, you know, it really opens the movie, and uh, I can't oh. I can't really imagine a movie without that. He looks. Yeah, really I, I was like, where are we going with this? With the the, the audience there, and mm -hmm. and everything. I'm like, is this? And it threw me off time wise. Great. Cut into the film. It's are we in contemporary or are we in the past? It took me a little bit to establish it, and I think it wasn't really that I didn't really firmly get 100%. We are in the depression, but we're not quite. Was till your your flashbacks. Well, we had seen Frankenstein, yeah, and we had just watched Frankenstein in 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 the middle of when we were kind of talking with Justin, and uh, we were like, oh my god, we have to have an intro like Frankenstein. We we have to do this, and it's like it's it was just perfect timing. A lot of the time. That's the way we like to make films is allow things to fall into place. Yeah, and I don't think he's seen the movie yet. I know he's very excited to see it because everyone's telling me he did a great job. And and, they're, and I'm not just telling him he did a great job because I like him. No, he was awesome in the movie. He yeah, really he's fantastic. He, 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 he really does set the tone for everything to come. Oh, yeah. And he yep. does such a nice job of it. He has so much weight that he carries on his shoulders in those, in those first minutes. You know, basically you know, rolling out the mythology of the film and with some lofty language. And uh, he's got a great voice. Oh, yeah. He was, yeah. It was just such a pleasure. We couldn't be happier. And he cut his hair for us. And he was just <laughs> a sweetheart. Oh, yeah. I, even at the at the beginning there, I almost thought, is this like an old poem that he's reading that I don't know about? And I was like, oh, it must be written for the movie. But it was. Yeah. Well, you know, it goes back to what Diablo says, which is it's a dark fairy tale. And what better way than to start out with a narrator? And, you know, he everything just worked well with him. So we just love that. It, it could be my favorite part of the movie. I have a lot of favorite parts, but that is definitely one of them. Now, a lot of the locations, were they just stuff? I'm sorry to interrupt you, Diablo. Uh, were they just places like you had in mind? Like, hey, we should use this at some point? Or? We are sitting exactly. Let me, let me show you something. Thank you for having us to dinner. <laughs> well, then you did it. <laughs> <laughs> right here. Right here. Yeah. No spoilers, folks. <laughs> well, that's amazing. Yeah, we, we really shoot basically within three miles of our home. And because we're so fortunate, you know, our grandparents have, we're in our grandparents' uh, home right now. They have an incredible house and it's very 1930s looking. Um, in the end, we shot in a bo old boarding house that uh, my aunt owns. So we're just so fortunate to have like these wonderful these gifts of sets. It's incredible. Yeah, and the Catskills have stood still in many ways over the last hundred years. The buildings have, you know, it's kind of a forgotten place. It's now getting really discovered very fast, but it's still just uh, little single roads. It's filled with old broken antiques our house that i grew up in was an old boarding house at the turn of the century and we have access to real old things 
that we just used. We didn't have to go out and really buy anything except the dolls, right? We went. Yeah, except the dolls. But you know what's so funny is I just thought about this now. A really big part of the storyline is Eve, you know, taking photos. I think that that was born from one of us literally finding that camera around our house and being like, oh, this looks like it could be from the 1930s. We should use it. You, yeah, it was it's my just, dad's. Oh, my God. Yeah. So funny. Every time I saw the shears, they looked just like my grandma's old uh, shears that we had around the house forever. And I tried to find them. I couldn't find them. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weren't they beautiful? Yeah. yeah. They are my grandmother's old shears. Oh, excellent. Oh, that's marvelous. Yeah. Are you guys so near Hunter here? Mountain? Go, Sorry. Go on. Um, uh, yeah, we're near Hunter Mountain. We're kind of like an hour and a half from Hunter Mountain. We're in the Catskill Mountains, um, but I used to play soccer in Hunter Mountain quite a bit, didn't I? Uh, yeah, we played Hunter a lot. They were a good soccer team. Oh, okay. I just, I, that's where I learned how to stone car. <laughs> this is her house. This is her oh, house. Hello, it's good to see. This we is the only house when, I, when I said that nothing's changed since the last hundred years, <laughs> this is the only house with internet. So, oh, oh no. Uh, what were you saying, Joe? Sorry. Oh well, I was going to ask you. You mentioned that you uh, you you like for things to kind of come to you as you're working and feel right. But the one of the things that I was really impressed by was the whole visual progression of the cinematography. Was that something that you planned out ahead of time, or is that something that developed during post? Well, I know that personally, I knew where this story was going, and I really wanted it the colors to change as the story went on. Um, I think it's super important because it's such a transformational movie. Things get really dark and dead and not very good. And I really thought that changing the, like, uh, the coloring was important to me. What do you think? Well, that is what happened. Uh, Zelda said, we should turn this into an old movie. Yeah. And um, I thought it was a great idea, but we filmed it and it looked so beautiful that our first pass, when I brought it to Trey, our effects guy, uh, we decided not to listen to Zelda. <laughs> and so we, we gave it back to Z and Toby, non-color corrected. Well, I love the movie, but turn it to black and white. <laughs> yeah. I love vignetting that started to develop towards the end. And it's just the, the little bit of flicker. You know, it wasn't overdone. It wasn't like the, it weren't, I, beating it in the ground. I thought it matched like the themes of the movie, like things start to age and, and rot. And, and, and the movie did it as well. Yeah. yeah, and that was the time when talkies also were replacing the carnivals and vaudeville. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of fun to step into cinema. And I think there's a very performative, you know, theme going on with, the, with you know, the mother really wants her daughter to have some fame. And they go to these little sideshow performers who just like have Buffalo Horror Show starry eyes. So it was kind of fun to sort of put them into a film where they they were almost like... The, the the devil's actors, the devil's puppets, you know, by the end. Mm -hmm. Is anything in, in that, in the carnival stuff, inspired by anything like you've actually read or, you know, researched? Well, absolutely. Um, first of all, when we knew we wanted to make this movie about the carny circuit, we just looked up hundreds of pictures of the carny circuit, which was really fun. And very quickly, we realized how poor those carnies were and how knowing how 
poor we are, <laughs> that we were going to be able to match their production because a lot of those like posters were just self-painted by non-artists. And so it was built by rotting two by fours and canvas sheets. So that was really fun because it made the production process a lot easier. Like when we first started filming, we watched a movie called, um, what was it? The Vampire? No, the what? The, oh, oh, Nightmare Alley. Nightmare Alley. Oh, we, we, we and and I turned to Toby and I was like, "Oh my God, we're so fucked!" Because <laughs> it looked so the production value of that was so expensive and so high. And Toby was like, "We're not making that kind of carnival. We're making a nasty old carnival from the Catskills." And then I felt relief, and it was a lot easier. Um, have you seen Have you seen the original Tyrone Power Nightmare Alley? I'm not yet. I'm dying to. Oh, it's so it's they're both great movies, but oh, it is it is much sadder. Oh, cool. <laughs> a much sadder, sadder uh, sideshow. Another thing that did inspire this, though, I'll be honest, it's not the most showy inspiration, but I used to watch American Horror Story all the time, and season four really stuck with me because of the clown antagonist. He scared the living hell out of me nightmares every night um but i st I tried to think about why he was so scary and it was because of like the, just the way he looked and the makeup effects that he had but also his emotional storyline that they gave him in that season was super impressive and that's one of the things that inspired this movie was like exploring the story behind you know antagonistic people that's actually my favorite season of, of uh, American Horror Story. I know yeah. some people actually hate that season. I'm always confused because I think it's the best season, especially from beginning to end. Yeah, yeah, because I think a lot of the seasons kind of, I think they kind of run out of ideas and then they kind of repeat themselves. But that yeah. one from beginning to end, I thought was great. Super. I creative. agree. And you're like sympathetic for all the characters. And they did something fun too, kind of jumping into, you know, kind of meshing modern with, you know, when she would go in to start singing something from Ziggy Stardust, yeah. you know, Life on Mars. All right, yeah. Yeah, they know, did that a few times that season. Those were great, like the uh, the musical montage there. I love that. I, I like I, I, I like when things break rules and they know they're breaking the rules and it's and, it, and they do it because it's going to be something really incredible. Mm -hmm. you know, it's yeah. going to be something really interesting and different. You know, and I, and I like that it, it's it's entertainment. It's it's cinema. It's magic. Yeah, you know, you guys are magic. Magic should be come out of left field. That's with you. I liked in your own movie where the devil roams is uh you a few times it does like there's almost like it could be a music video. You play like you know yeah. it's not super long but it's like it could be cut out and used as a music video. A few of the scenes. Well, speaking of music, um cooking up a new soundtrack that's fun a lot of the music isn't on there and um and some beautiful stuff is being made in our household but we've been real thankful about the people that enjoy our movies because they have enjoyed the music too and they kind of know that that's integral to what the four of us do we do have a band together and so it's nice that we're kind of in a sense given permission to use the music to drive story uh, was all the music that used in in this movie um, made specifically for it, or was were there any songs that you had and like, oh, this will fit? This one was all made for the movie. 
Yeah. Yeah. The on Hellbender, we had we had music. We made music. It was very like we did everything from ballads to like you know grunge industrial. This one, we really wanted to have a style and a tone that we that we wanted to match you know our visuals and so we had fun we we worked hard on the music and i think we all agreed you know on the style that we wanted and it was a, a good time it, 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 it really fits well I, did, I noticed it but i didn't overly notice it and then when i saw the film i watched i've watched it now three times all right um, thank you and the um you know, I, the, the the last time I really listened to the music, and I was like, "This is really, really going to be some." This is, I would love it if if an album ever came out of that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we're putting one out. Um, we're gonna put one out, and a lot of extra songs are gonna be there. Like, there's a part of me that's like, "Oh, I wish some of them could have made it in," but they're, yeah. You know, we it's funny because when we first were filming, we tried to do some music that sounded more like the 30s. And we did it. I think we got to about three songs and realized like, no, nah, this is too, this is, this isn't honest. Like we're not being honest. And, and we canceled it and got back to what we did. Yeah, I think you made the right choice. I think, you know, I, I think there's no better way to watch a movie than in the theater with people and on the big screen. And usually people can say because it's a big screen and you can't escape and all stuff. But also a big part of it is, is the sound because, you you know, the sound's all around you. So what was it like watching Where the Devil Roams in a theater with people? Oh, my God. So <laughs> nerve-wracking. For our premiere, it was crazy walking into a room like full of people because <laughs> no we'd only seen it on a computer screen this big so one you're nervous seeing it on a huge screen like are there going to be any mistakes that we couldn't see on the tiny screen and then that fear is just fueled by the like hundreds of people inside the theater <laughs> so it kind of feels like you're watching it for the first time and like that is kind of a horror movie in itself <laughs> And I and I think in London at Fright Fest it's going to be in the IMAX, which Whoa, is going to be crazy. Yes. Which uh, which will be kind of fun. <laughs> Have you you been to Fright Fest before? Yeah, we were there with the deeper you dig, and we had a great experience. Have you guys gone? Yeah, I've been. To, uh, I was twice. My my first movie uh, last year it premiered at Fright Fest, so that was a very uh, right very right. nervous experience for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Oops. the first time i went was just, i was just as press which was cool too but yeah. uh but that that's like an amazing festival it's so busy and a couple of the theaters are giant there i think one of the things that we all know about watching the movie the first time with an audience or actually any time with an audience is you think you know what you've done you think you know the movie you've made and then when you watch it with an audience you realize oh no no no, no it's not the movie I made. It's a different movie. And you learn so much by the audience when they laugh, when, when you can feel the air go out of the room, when you can feel the tension rise, like that's when you find out what your movie is. Have you ever uh, edited a movie based on like reactions at a, at a festival? No, uh, we I know people have, so I don't know. Our, our kind of rule is, 
don't ask anybody anything, do what you want and then suffer the consequences. <laughs> we do learn a lot like afterwards though, like from reviews and critics. Like yeah. we, do, we do think about it when we start making our next films. That's a, true. But I, I always say though, that I would hope that, that there is some maybe division because I, I think you don't want to be too safe. You know, if you're constantly trying to please people, or make something you think they want to see, you're just not going to grow. It sounds hokey, but I really do mean that. And I know with this one, we really tried to kind of, um, you know, try some new things and flex some new creative and visual muscles. And and by doing so, we just now we've taken what we've learned and gone and stretched that out to try something new with our new feature. You know, it's it's important. Yeah, I well, loved I it. I've, can... I've loved all your movies since I saw Deeper You Dig, and uh, yeah. so I'm always excited when you have a new one. Oh, thank you, thank, thank you, Neil. Yeah, I think I think in my review that I did, because uh, I've reviewed all three of them. The, the review though of Hellbender, I was saying how I would I really was anticipating what would come next, and what I'd like to see if somebody were to give you a a you know a much bigger budget. Um, just so you would have the resources to do, you know, what you want to do. But then I, and then I also said that, you know, it, it, I wouldn't want to see anybody constrain you because mm -hmm. you guys are so, you, you, you've got your own voice. You're developing your own voice. It, that's still developing and it's really progressed, I think, with this, this film. That's the nicest thing uh, that you could say. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. And, you know, we, we've got something interesting coming out that's different from us. We, we worked with the guys from Not the Funeral Home who do, um, you know, Last Drive-In. And, and we, they flew us out to Serbia to do a great Serbian um, crude production. Not, not a Serbian film, but a film. Oh. Well, yeah, no, but it's like the Serbian crew, but, and a lot of it is in Serbian. And it's a creature feature. And that oh, one awesome. is going to be coming out on Shudder. And that's a really new kind of like, you know, realm for us. Oh, this is really interesting. Because uh, the thing I like about horror is there's, if I want to watch a crazy monster movie or something silly from the 80s, or if I want to th watch something more thought provoking, you know, or just a big bloodbath, like I like actually all the all those different things. So I'm, I'm interested to see what you guys do with a, with a monster movie. We had a really great time because um, we love monster movies and we're just like you. Like sometimes, you know, it's like, you know, do you want to watch the Serbian film tonight? No, thanks. Let's watch, you know, The Exorcist or no, thanks. Let's watch Gremlins. And it's like there's all these different kinds of horror movies, depending on your mood. And we made a rock and roll monster movie in Serbia. And it's we loved it. It was really fun. I'm very excited about this. Now, um, you said you went out for Serbia and there's like a different crew there. So um, anyone else like involved in that that you work with normally? Yes. Trey Lindsay came with us. He's our effects guy. And he's, number one, just this beautiful human being that everyone should be around because he'll make your life better. And he'll make your art better. And so we were able to bring him. And he worked with um, a pretty famous effects guy named Todd Masters. So uh, Todd made the monster. And Trey kind of uh, brought it to life. And the two of them were just really neat to work with. Well, I actually have Trey's name here because I was going to ask, because I thought the effects in this were great. Uh, all wow. the gore stuff was awesome. And uh, it, it was because it is a, it's a very gory movie at times. Yeah. 
we we knew with this one that we wanted to try a new kind of horror our past one our past ones were more like you know spiritual and like psychological horror with like some witchy effects but this one we really wanted to try body horror lots of blood and you know messed up stuff so of course trey was the first one that we went to like hey do you think that you can make this happen and he freaking did he is awesome yeah we watched very visual very visceral yeah. <laughs> yeah, we wanted that. We wanted to let's make let's make a movie where we don't cut away from the the brutality because it it's kind of important to all the characters' storylines. If if you cut away from the brutality of all the things that they've done, then you don't understand the price they have to pay. Right. Yes. Yeah, thinking and of so, one specific now that's very uh suitable for the station of decapitation, but right. uh, that's a great scene and I was just about to say it's not a fun scene, which sounds very strange when I talk about decapitation, that it would normally be fun. But it's a very, you know, it, uh, it's an emotional dark scene and it's, uh, it's, it's done really well. super duper painful. Um, he's not wrong, however. Like, he's not right and he's not wrong. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the movie that we wanted to make. We wanted to make the movie about everything in between good and evil because that's where the devil roams, you know. God, God is in his own place, but the devil roams between good and evil, you know, amongst people. And that's what we wanted to make. Uh, Anthony Curry says, I can't wait to see this flick. No, thank you. Thank you. He's <laughs> so pleased what he does. Uh, greetings from the Pig Lady crew. Oh, I, I believe um, Todd just reviewed that movie. That's very cool. And also about the gore, because sometimes I think something that's overlooked on uh, gore is sounds and there's a lot of uh, squishy sounds and stuff which really adds to the to the effect i think thank you we yeah. worked hard on that yeah it's also so funny like we'll just be doing anything around the house like i might be like opening up a bottle of jam and slathering <laughs> it on my toast and john's like that sounds really good you record that <laughs> yeah it would be funny to be like and when this when this arm is getting cut off this is the sound of raspberry jam exactly well it's true right once you start like making you know horror movies everything is like an opportunity everything you listen to is like potential like what it was like doing the other day i was i was um there was like an old bed spring and I just started playing a song and a bing, 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 bing on this old rusty bed spring. And I was like, oh man, that is like the soundtrack. And John's really good at taking those sounds and kind of manipulating them to the, and stretching them to their even eerier. Well, yeah, like about metal, like, you know, metal cuts through a lot of flesh in this movie. And Toby found a, a kind of like a Japanese sitar when we were in a small town in Bisbee, Arizona. And so she bought this little Japanese sitar. And that actually is the sound for all the metal cutting. It's not saws. It's that. And it sounds perfect. It's like it's there's something just special about it. And we were like sitting in a bathroom in this really weird sort of haunted hotel in Bisbee, Arizona, I think, when you were like playing it. Yeah. Because we found it there and he's just sitting there. I, I hear this noise and I walk into the bathroom and John's just like sitting on the toilet, <laughs> you know, like, you know, going. <laughs> you OK in there? <laughs> I love it. And I well, hope, this, I hope to hear wonderful some, with you guys. <laughs> yeah, some, and I hope to hear some bed springs in your next song yeah. down the road. Mm. You know, you guys mentioned gore, and Zelda 
can attest to this. You know, we with Hellbender, we went to a lot of festivals. So we watch a lot of other people's movies. And one of the things we really got enchanted with was everybody else's like body horror, like the sadness. Did you guys watch? Uh, this I, yeah, I love the sadness. That was one of my favorite movies that year. I thought that was uh, great. And I had the, well, we had the director on the show, Cheap Plug. We yeah. really loved it too. And it had a big effect on us. And it was like, you know what? Those guys aren't cutting away and they're doing a really good job. It's not like computer baloney yeah. blood. It looked like, like, how did they do that? And that's fun. That's fun art, you know? And then we also fell in love with a movie called, um, the golden glove, the golden glove. I've not seen that. Ooh, if you want brutal, dirty, bloody, makes you not feel good and <laughs> have to take a shower after that's yeah. the movie. It's, and, it's, and I get a big smile when you say that. <laughs> well, you're going to have a bigger smile when it's over. But, you know, it's a brutal, nasty movie that's it's supposed to take place, I think, in the 70s. And Germany. What, and one of the things yeah. we loved is, yeah, 70s Germany. What we loved about it was that it felt so grimy. There was no production value to it. And it just seemed so honest. Yeah. Did you guys see Megalomaniac? Loved it. I did that too. Was my favorite film of last year that I saw. Well, Same. all right. Yeah. Yeah. That was that blew my mind. Yeah. I feel bad. I've not seen it. I haven't either. Oh, that's brutal too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that that's finally getting a release. Ah, cool. Yeah. It's finally, finally, I think it's uh, September. It's hmm. coming out. Yeah. Who's putting it out? Um. I think it's going to be Shutter. All right, great. Nice. Good for them. That's yeah. smart. I could be wrong on that, but when I already talked about the festivals, but what was it like uh to see the end I won't give anything away, but to see the the ending of your movie with with, with people. <laughs> <laughs> I like Zelda kind of Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> Zelda did an impression what. of uh, of John in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what is it was quiet. Really quiet. It was really quiet. Really? I, mean, I, I don't maybe know whether, like, yeah. for me, I think it's super funny, mm -hmm. but I think people were a little shocked. And then the music came on, and then everybody clapped. And, like, and yeah, like there was this huge, big clap. But it was like, I was very interested in what did you think was going to happen, Toby? <laughs> I thought it was quiet too. Yeah. What did you think was going to happen? I was wondering if people were going to be like, oh, but I didn't really hear that, which is almost even better because yeah, it's like a shock silence. Yeah. yeah, it was a shock silence. So it was like, I was like, oh man, uh, I think we knocked the wind out of them. I, I, I thought people were going to laugh. Yeah, me too. I, would, I, that's I, I had, I had exactly the reaction that the audience did. I literally just was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for us, oh. it was so funny. Yeah, I, 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 that's what I, I, I thought just, for, for like an audience uh, at a festival. I did think they there would be people that would laugh because it's like a specific type of person going to see these, you know, movies yeah. at a festival. It's not like a, yeah. a, you know, regular folks people. Maybe they would just leave or be shocked or something. But uh, yeah, with because I, I remember seeing uh, Human Centipede two at an audience with an audience at um, at a convention. And everyone was just laughing at everything, and uh, and I remember watching about myself before the convention, and, and I was like, "Wow, this movie's pretty out there." And so it was very strange to watch with people, and everyone was laughing. I was like, "I guess this is a funnier movie than than I imagined." Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's um, you mentioned that there wasn't as much spirituality, you know, in this as it as like the the you know your previous films. I mean, and there is, but there is a real spiritual aspect. It, I saw, and it really wasn't something, and it wasn't something that was like so obvious. It wasn't like you know so on the nose, but you know the character, your character's name is Eve, and you're being tempted by a serpent with oh. an apple, essentially. Yeah. with forbidden knowledge yeah and but i didn't really lock on to that till the second viewing and no. is that intentional yeah you're you're completely right it is a super spiritual movie um i mean i i didn't think that a lot of the horror was very like spiritual like it like it has been in our past films but religion does play a really huge part in this movie i mean like you know, Seven, his name, me, Eve, the Forbidden Apple, like you said. Um, also playing with the idea of like the Holy Trinity, like, and like the number three was super exciting. Um, and I'll just like speak on my behalf. Like my sister and I have grown up, um, you know, homeschooled a lot. And I we've learned a lot from John and Toby. Um, John, you know, majored in religion and he taught us a lot about religion and just how interesting it is. So it's fun putting that into our film and kind of exploring it through our storylines. Yeah, I mean, I think this is our most spiritual movie because it's all about forgiveness. It's about every single one of them is forgiving each other for what classic religion would send you to hell for. Right. And they all are forgiving each other and living as a family and dealing with like super dark pain. And it's, I love the spirituality of the movie and the way they get through it. Like when religion is brought up, they bring up Gnosticism and the re and that's important because Gnosticism flips everything on its head. And it says, you know, eating the apple is a good thing. And I think that we're, we hope, the audience talks about the morality of these people because we're giving them the knowledge to talk about the morality of these people. And it's, it's a hard, it's a hard conversation, you know, cause it's because there is no good and evil. There's everything in between. And that's what this movie's about. Our, our, our characters also kind of have something in common with the devil in this one, the fallen angel who, um, is kind of an outsider and a misfit, as are all the people in our film, the carnies and 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 the people in the depression. I'm sure felt very um, ignored, you know, by life. They were struggling to to survive. It was the perfect time for us to play with um, this story of the fallen angel who uh, who disguises himself as a human, and that's where he can find love. You know. But he's not a, he's not immortal, so his love dies, and so then he's enraged. And meanwhile, God's been sleeping above, and he's just when he's a pauper, he doesn't even see the devil. You know, he's the devil's just disappeared, and he's hanging out with the the odds, the ends, the criminals. You know, the the broken and beaten. And we really wanted to make a movie about those kinds of people in a time where most people were broken and beaten, and yet find love, the love there too. Like, and I feel like the devil is really a, a kind of stealthy protagonist here. 
Uh, Zelda, um, you know, relying, since you don't have dialogue, you know, uh, regular dialogue, I guess, in the movie, you sing in the movie. Um, what was that like to, to act in the movie? I guess relying mostly on your presence and, and, and your face. I, I really enjoyed it. It was kind of a super fun uh, acting challenge because in all of our past movies, you know, I've talked um, and this was just super fun because it taught me that I really have to, you know, work on my mannerisms and my expressions and my face. And it was just such a who. And also, I think it added to her character a lot because because we wanted Eve to have a reason that she sticks around with her family. Her like lack of a voice is one of the reasons that she can't just like go off because her family is super fucked up and go do her own thing. No, she has to stick around with them because they're kind of all that she has. And, you know, literally without them, she's voiceless. Uh, Cherry the dog got a credit, which I was happy to see. Oh, yeah. Miss that girl. And uh, and the car was also mentioned in the credit. So uh, whose car was the the 1931 uh, Chevy Coupe? That's my dad's Chevy. It's about and, 50 uh, yards away from here. Yeah, and it, it ran well. It it really it ran through that winter. Uh, sometimes it didn't run, and we had to push it. But mostly it ran, and she did her thing. She's a beautiful character in the movie. Yeah, definitely. What was the shooting length that you had for this? I mean. There's a lot you guys are doing in this film. I mean, it's a period piece, and and you know that's that's a real big undertaking for any filmmaker, let alone you know. In yeah, it doesn't real seem that film. long since Hellbender, you know, that it came yeah. out. It was great. We love shooting in the winter. Um, the winter's cinematically perfect for us, and uh, like our themes. Um, it's brutally cold and it can beat you up pretty bad. Yeah. And we also were wearing like real 1930s clothes and it made me realize these don't keep you that damn warm. <laughs> <laughs> the shoes I wear, which are like pretty little kind of like ballet 1930s shoes. Oh, they were wet in one second and my feet were ice blocks. You looked really good in those clothes. Yeah. It was worth it. Um, that's a th that's what we've learned is like shooting in the winter. It's hard because realistically it is super cold, but it is so beyond worth it because it's gorgeous. You know, we only shoot in flat light. So everything is kind of like very, it has a dark, cool tone. And also blood looks just so good on snow. Yeah. Now, uh, Trey Lindsay, uh, to get back to Trey for a minute, um, how did you uh, find him? Is he just a friend of yours? Like, what was his? What's his background? Uh, I had a friend who used to come watch my band play in New Jersey, and um, and then he started working kind of like for Fox, Fox TV or something like that. So I knew he knew people. And when Zelda and I made a movie called The Hatred, and we had done our own special effects and very quickly learned that you know that was really difficult. And so I asked my friend Robert Huntley, "Hey, do you know anybody who actually does effects?" He gave us Trey's name, and we just hit it off. We Toby and I went out and met him. Oh, and you were there too. Yeah. We all went out. We met him for pizza, and we were instant friends. And he's just grown with us since the beginning. And we wouldn't be talking to you if he hadn't joined our family. Um, he changed everything for us. The the carnivals in the deeper in uh, where the devil roams are a lot of that is some of that is his beautiful artwork painting in the backgrounds 
that he's just incredibly talented. And he's also just like the person, he, I consider him a horror mentor mm -hmm. because he just knows everything. And he's introduced us to so much within the horror realm. And I just love him so much. He's so wicked smart. It's it, And he's just a yes man. Yeah. And like, artistically, yeah, he wanted to stretch his legs too. Like when we were like, is there any way we could actually have like tents in the background? And he was like, I, yes, yes. We'll shoot things on, we'll put up a green screen and I'll, I'll paint in tents and I'll paint in smoke. And, and I think it's super romantic. Like me personally, I find the movie really romantic looking. And that's his art in the background doing that. And he's really stretched us out because we have not really wanted to work with green screens before. And we were scared of them because it's like, oh, you know, but he really influenced us and it worked. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I you know, the only time that I, I was, I went, oh, okay, we've got a green screen going here was the, you know, because of the situation, the opening. I know that the, 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 the crowd that I'm seeing is a period crowd. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're not. You didn't hire. You know, 500 extras. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. What um, do you mean? <laughs> yeah. You know. So I know there's an effect there, but the rest of it is so seamless. It's it, and, and and you know the stylizing works with that a little bit to to help blend it in and make it a unified look. And it really just the feel just it works. It works top to bottom for you guys. Thank you. Well, thank you. Major it. kudos to his work. Major kudos. Huge compliment to Trey. You said we're not playing Fright Fest. That's uh, the end of this month, right? Yep, we're leaving in a couple days. Oh, sweet. So, uh, where does it go? For, uh, so, anyone in London area, uh, go out there and see it. That's a great place to watch movies. That's a great area. It's a great festival. Um, and what are some of the other places it's playing? We'll be at Fantastic Fest. Uh, that just got announced. And then. Um, yeah, we then we'll just be like hitting the the Telluride Horror Show. Oh, very cool. We just got into a really good one down in Argentina. And we've got two in England. Um Mayhem and what's the other one that's so cool? The celluloid. Celluloid, yes. But you're not oh, oh, wait, when is this podcast? Oh, this is oh, 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 it's oh, live, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't forget that part. Yeah. I, I, I understand. I was so wondering why it's all of us going like this. <laughs> I guess I, I should have asked if you go, go on, sorry. I predict you're gonna be good enough to get into the Buffalo Horror Show. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why, thank you. Are you playing uh, I know it gets expensive to go to all these, but are you gonna are you planning to go to uh, several of them? Yeah, absolutely. We love meeting people, talking with people about movies, and we love watching all the other horror filmmakers and what they're doing. It really is like one of the major highlights of making a film is going to actually watch it on the big screen, but also getting to like immerse yourself in the horror audience. They're just like a second family. Yeah. What would you say some of the benefits are of having your, your movie at a festival and like you're saying, actually attending? I honestly think this is kind of weird, but we we learn a lot about our film through discussing it with people that have just watched our film. There are so many times where someone's like, oh, I see this like nuanced thing about your character. And it's like, oh, yeah, we meant to do that. <laughs> totally. Like someone said something about my name, Eve, being the three letters between Seven's name. And it made me, it made me start thinking like, oh, wow, like Eve, she, you know, 
is symbolizes sin sin between s and n seven between sin between seven i was like oh that's just so interesting i don't know people are so smart and i love learning from them yeah that was amazing one of the things i missed uh during covid uh, i obviously people had worse problems but was going to festivals and watching movies with people agreed yeah. we missed it too and uh, it's very exciting to be it's gonna be on Tubi. do you know when uh when the date will be when it's on Tubi? <clears throat> We don't know. I think before it's on Tubi, it'll actually be on the regular, like, TVOD, you know, it'll okay. be on the usual yeah, places, yeah. and then it'll find its home. But I think originally it'll just be on, like, the rent or buy on the usual platforms Yeah, this fall. Yeah. But if you can, the most exciting way to see it is uh, on the big screen. Yeah. I wish I, I would have saw it. I, I, hopefully I get to see it in the future here on the big screen. Yeah. No better way. I know it's it's cool if you have to watch it on. I mean, you have people have big TVs and stuff, but the uh, big screen's the way to go. It's also they, you know, they that, that interaction with your fellow your fellow viewer, right? Right. You know that 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 synergy. Yeah. Oh yeah. We can all sit in silence together at the end. Yeah. yeah. This is a real kiss to cinema too. So I mean, it is perfect for the big screen because I mean, it is one of the things we notice about going to festivals and talking with, you know, it being in the horror community is how much people do go back and watch black and white. They watch vampire. They'll watch Frankenstein. They'll watch Nosferatu that, you know, they don't care. Like they love that. And we knew that um, the horror community gives you permission to make a black and white movie, like, because they're not afraid of it. You know, I don't know that the comedy would, you know, you don't see many comedies come out black and white or dramas come out black, yeah. you know, but the horror community can watch it and accept it and love it and have fun with it. So it is a nice place to see it on the big screen because it is a definite kiss to cinema. And a lot of horror movies, you know, stay around forever where like uh, a lot of movies, even big movies and stuff like from the same time periods, like are just forgotten with time. You know, there's not like a festival or a convention dedicated to rom-coms or no. as far as I know, maybe there are, but yeah. Come on. We know what you're doing. on Yeah, your right. <laughs> on Tuesdays, you're at the rom-com con. Oh, <laughs> you're saying that one of the coolest things I ever saw at the theater was, uh, the, the the silent um fan of the opera with the live orchestra oh, on halloween that was one of the coolest things i want to see that we've done that a couple of times it's really fun wow. we saw nosferatu with the live oh, organ nice. player and it was phenomenal yeah. so cool we yeah. do screenings where at my at the museum where i work and i so wanted to try to put together for the 100th anniversary of nosferatu a live performance it just we couldn't pull it together it was just we just come out of COVID, you know? Yeah. I would love to see something like Nosferatu or Phantom of the Opera with a band like System of a Down. Ooh, like, just total heavy duty. <laughs> I like that. Similar to, similar to you moving away, because you got, you know, like a modern music set to uh, something from another era. Oh, yeah. That would be interesting. As long as they get, I will say, unfortunately, one time I saw the Frankenstein, not, uh, you know, the original Frankenstein. Well, not the silent one but uh with an with a live band and i don't think they understood the movie at all uh, like, yeah. well yeah it could be a disaster yeah. <laughs> well, that's the fun of it right yeah. plus it has it already has a score and stuff and it was very it was just a it was not a good experience honestly. okay but, but i like the idea i have plenty of bad ideas <laughs> <laughs> i've got more if you want to hear them. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's hear some bad ideas. <laughs> but uh, Zelda, were you always a horror fan, or did they didn't force you into into watching the horror? No, I don't think that they forced me. I just remember Toby, Toby gradually showing me horror films. I was like eight, and she was like, "There's this wonderful little movie called Carrie you might enjoy." <laughs> and I think since then I was hooked. <laughs> That was a good. That was a good one. I enjoyed yeah. watching that with you. Yeah, and we had a good talk about it. We really did. Yeah, and I think it slowly kicked in. Yeah. Well, I think it's 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 okay. You know, I I, I mean, obviously, as a as a horror you know fan and 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 uh, and you know a supporter, I, I think it's great to introduce kids to horror films because I think it teaches them to deal with a lot of of their fears. And a lot of, 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 you know, the good and bad in the world. It keeps their mind open. But you have to do it in a way that they feel safe. Yeah. You know, never make them feel genuinely like they're in danger or, you know, it's okay to be scared. This is the fun. It's like a roller coaster. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're and, and if you do that, it's great. Yeah. And I feel like the times I've had the most nightmares are when, I was young and decided to watch like a horror movie on my own. That like that environment is what made me scared. But there's something comforting about your mom bringing you a scary movie and watching it together. Cause then you can take it on. You can fight your nightmares together. <laughs> yeah. That's how I started watching horror movies with my mom. And I turned out totally fine. <laughs> exactly. Neil's mom is legendary. <laughs> yeah, so the first movie I remember is at the drive-in. So single mom. Uh, brought would bring my older brother's nine years older instead of get a babysitter just bring me along and so it was like four or five so night of the living dead and i got upset when the car the the pickup explodes and the zombies are starting to eat the people and oh. my mom told me oh they're just having a barbecue oh. I, was, I was fine ever since that is so great that is very very cool what's your mom's name brenda all right so i've tried to get her on the show maybe we'll get her on here eventually oh yeah <laughs> All right, so where can people follow you and where the devil roams or hellbender to see, you know, what you're up to? Well, all of our films and trailers um, are on our website, which is wonderwheelproductions.com. But we're mostly on like um, Instagram at adams.family.films or Twitter, adams underscore films. And we have in our band, Hellbender with the E's for sixes or sixes for E's. Hellbender.com is uh, our music. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm a big, we're all a big fans of here. Uh, yeah. Thanks Thank for spinning you. it this month. That's really nice of you guys. Yeah. 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 Thanks. It, thanks for letting it on here. If we Go. make another uh, vinyl, we'll uh, we'll send some of the first wax to you guys. All right. I'll put one up right up here. <laughs> oh, next. Next to something or other. But yeah. But yeah. We, oh, by the way, last week, I'll actually send it to you. So last week we had Fred Vogel on from, um, August, uh, underground. August underground and so uh in between interviews i usually play like some music set to just imagery imagery from from the person's movie and so i just uh i just threw it together real quick because i didn't have a lot of time and i was watching i was like this is really like it it was very disturbing seeing pictures from august underground which is a very extreme horror film and i was playing and, and zelda singing and i was like this is very strange <laughs> awesome i love it that's great so it worked very well. Well, anyway, thank you guys for coming on. This has been awesome.
You guys, it's thank always you, nice Neil to talk to you. Thank, thank you. you very much. Wonderful talking. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, Neil, for bringing me on today. Of course, yeah. Thanks for coming on. And uh, Annabelle, sorry she could not be here. She liked the movie. Wanted to talk to you guys. No we'll worries. see you guys hopefully live soon, right? Maybe on the road. Yes, yes. yes. That'd be beautiful. Very good. All right. I can't wait to see your creature feature. Yeah, yeah I'm very should, excited. Should be pretty soon, actually. Yeah. It's I'm called um, Hellhole. Oh, Excellent. Hellhole. Interesting. So, and Shudder put it, is going to, Shudder is the one who did it. So. And I want to know what Brenda thinks about it. Yeah. Right. Yes, right. That'll yeah. be the important review. Show it to mom before anybody else. Let's get a quick review up there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think what her favorite horror movies are. I'll, I'll get her on and we'll we'll talk. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do. Surprised. Yeah, I I saw a lot of movies I probably shouldn't have saw. At a very <laughs> moment, but... All right, guys. Well, we'll talk to you guys soon. You and check out You're welcome everything, guys. Thank you so much. Rooms. Yeah. Bye, Thanks, guys. Bye. All right, I'm gonna play some tunes. Here. Yeah, we, I'm glad you guys stuck around. That was cool. That was so, good. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll send you the one with the. Uh, it's very weird. It's a. Uh, I was. Wa I actually cut some of the the, the uh, pictures out because they were a little too graphic, and I was like, "This is just too weird." <laughs> <laughs> well, thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. Yeah, we should have Diane Franklin on here at some point. We're still live, just to let you guys know. So. Okay. Don't 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 give me any dirt on John while we're live. I never know. <laughs> he supposedly had a nightmare with uh, his tooth today. Oh yeah, that's too. That's actually my brother's not on here tonight. Uh, he had a crown put in, and his jaw his jaws uh, giving him issues. Oh no! Oh no! 
that's like John's worst nightmare. Yeah. He's a lot of tooth horror. Poor guy. Yeah, that's too bad. Well, we're well, sending him better. Yeah. 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 Bye, Neil. Bye. Bye, Toby. Bye, Zelda. Bye, John. All right. So hopefully I'll, I'll be joined here momentarily by Diane Franklin. And if not, you guys are just stuck with me for a little while here. So don't mind me while I check my emails. I could just play something. But no, I think she's here. All right. Boom. Oh, I made Boom. it. Boom. Hello. Yes. <laughs> it's good to see you here. All right. So just in time, we are joined now with Diane Franklin. <laughs> you got a new movie out, which is very exciting. We're going to talk about that. And uh, just how are you doing? Uh, I'm good. Hey, uh, this is really fun. And nice to meet you, by the way. Nice to meet you. All right. So I'm Nasty Neil here at the Station of Decapitation without your head. And I'm here with Diane Franklin, who I just told everyone that momentarily. Uh, and we're going to talk about Waking Nightmare, which is out now from Terror Films, which is really a unique movie. And if uh, if people haven't seen it yet or they're not aware of it yet, like, could you give them an idea of what it's about? Oh, yeah, for sure. So basically, here's the deal. Um, I play a mother, um, but it's not just like the token mom. Okay, so basically, here's the story. I have a, uh, there's, this is a story about a college girl uh, uh, who is played by Shelley Regner, who was in Pitch Perfect, and one, two, and three, she was uh, one of the Bellas. And uh, she is coming home from college because her college roommate um, died committed suicide as we think so basically she comes home and she comes back to her family now this is very common right now where an older kid will come and live home with the family this is like in the 20s you know 20 year old so and so coming back from college she comes back and she's had some problems before she left even she's been sleepwalking she sleepwalks since she was little and I, as her mother, am very concerned about her, uh, as is her father. And basically the deal is that we, you know, she comes home and, you know, things are a little rocky, you know, coming home, living with your parents again, never easy, okay? It's always got some kind of drama, you know, leave me alone, I have my own life, but at the same time, you live in my own house. It's the same, it's that conflict, right? And then basically she... Is, you know, she sees her old friends. She's kind of figuring it out. You know, what do I do? And she's trying to make leave. I'm fine. I'm fine. Nothing's wrong. But her condition of sleepwalking is getting worse and worse and worse. And so what's happening is when she does sleepwalk, she has no memory of what she does. And I, as her mother, and uh, am very worried about her at the beginning of the film. But as we go through the film, you start finding out that the problems do not begin and end with the daughter. The problems continue and break out into the family. So this film, I'm gonna tell you what is so cool about it. First of all, it's super indie, all right? The credits are indie, the, the framing, the, the shots, this is nothing you've ever experienced before. And even the story where it goes, this film is I've never done a film this cool. I mean, it's really cool. It's like, just like takes you and shakes you up. And my part in particular, if you've ever been a fan of my work in the past, in the eighties, 
I recommend do not see this film because <laughs> I am you. I am not like you've ever seen before. This is a whole different ballgame. So if you want to remember me as the sweet, nice, innocent girl and you want to keep that memory, totally cool. That's great. But this is the film that will probably change your mind. Yeah, no, I got to see it. I was, uh, I, I thought you were great in the movie, not just because you're here. I thought it was great. And I think the, the, uh, that really works in the movie that people know you, you know, in a lot of different roles and to see you in a totally different, uh, light. I don't want to give away the movie, but you know, you might see some images and, and think what's happening, but, um, yeah. I th and you, and you really nailed it. Yeah. Uh, you Thank really have a part. Yeah. I really appreciate that because, you know, um, I did a movie when in the 80s called Summer Girl that was pretty crazy. And I almost uh, was nominated for an Emmy because of it, because it was such a crazy world and crazy character. Like it was so. So this movie is um, really special because um, people like actually in the, in the cast have said, oh, my God, Diane, like your work in this is like insane. Like, you know, it's like it's and to me, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like it is similar. It's I mean, it's the most outrageous I've ever been in a film. But I think that it's really it's exciting. It's pretty cool. I mean, and I appreciate you saying that you like the part because I think that it it wakes you up. You you don't see it coming. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't and when I was framing. I didn't want to mean like. Oh, it's just cool because you think of you a certain way and you're totally, you know, cast different, but it's, it, that's part of it, but you really did a good job with it, which, uh, you know, really adds to it. And is that part of the reason what interested you in the role to begin with? Well, I love challenging parts and I like to push myself beyond my comfort zone. I really like to try things that I've never done before. Um, I mean, any role that demands something of me that no one's seen. I love surprises. Uh, to, I like to, to surprise my audience and I, I like creating characters that are completely different. And I'm not afraid to get real and raw and I'm not afraid to, um, to bring truth to things, you know, like bring truth to people and roles because the whole goal of acting is really to bring the human condition. In this particular case, in this movie, like, okay, so you might watch it and go, oh, yeah, I just want to be entertained and it's really cool. But a lot of people can relate to this situation. A lot of people can relate to the parent who is um, controlling and crazy. You know, there's a lot of parents out there who, uh, you know, are crazy. I mean, and I'm not going to say, like, I, I, let's just put it this way. I'm not the first person who's ever said that. Okay. So, so, you know, sometimes you get a parent that is means well, they think they're doing the right thing, but they are not in, you know, they're just not. Mm -hmm. So I really uh, feel that this character will help a lot of people who watch it because they're going to go, Oh wait, like that, you know, we thought that, they would say they identified patient, you know, we, always, we thought the daughter was the problem. Wait a minute. We, it's not just the daughter. So. Yeah, and, uh, and I think, you know, you should be able to, you know, you grow up thinking, well, I can always trust my, my mom or yeah, my dad. Right. And then, you know, that, that's very horrific right there. Is yeah, the no, idea. completely. And again, you know, what's really cool about you saying this is that what is horror, you know, like, yeah, there's special effects and there's ghoul and, you know, monsters and, um, you know, there's all kinds of like, you know, horror effects. But to me, the scariest are the ones that could actually be real. I mean, this stuff is, it's, 
I mean, to the extent of the story, the story isn't real, but the situation is. And I think it, that that's what makes it really cool. I feel like, and you can tell me how you feel about it, the movie, like after you watch it, you really, like after you've gone on this ride, it's like being on a roller coaster, you know, during it, you might be like freaked out or like what's happening or really confused. And then afterwards you go, that was really cool. Like I would watch that again. Like it's kind of, you know, like, wow, you know, once you want to kind of know what's going on, then you watch it with different eyes, but you can tell me your thoughts. No, that, I think thought. that's a good point. There's, you know, um, that movie just off, for example, like fight club, if you watch it a second time, knowing like, you know, the twist or whatever, then you can see different things, you know, throughout the movie that you weren't looking for to begin with. And yeah. I could totally see what you're saying. Like um, once you know where this is going to watch it again, and, and you could see maybe some hints in, uh, in just the way uh, you act around other people and whatnot. And uh, I've, I've, uh, I wrote down a couple. I thought your delivery on You Can Trust Mother. And I thought that's really when your character starts to go a different way. And I love the delivery of that. It kind of gave me a psycho vibe, like, uh, you know, from Norman, Norman Bates kind of vibe. Yeah, I think this is going down. My, this, my role in this film is going down as one of the scariest moms that exists, you know, <laughs> like, you know, it's going down in the Carrie, Carrie mom uh, world, I think. Um, you, I mean, I think it's, it's pretty, pretty rough um, because also I, um, I also have to say that like my relationship with the, uh, my husband, Jamison Newlander, who played um, uh, my husband, we have a really good relationship because I'm, there's always someone in a family who's really um, like maybe aggressive or pushy. And then the other person is the passive one. And it's nice to see the relationship between you kind of see how this, how does this family get away with all of this? And it's because one of the people in the family's passive. And I think that that's usually the case, you know, where something, you know, someone's, if someone's uh, the pushy, crazy, angry person in the family, there's got to be a passive person who allows it to happen. So that dynamic is real, you know, and I think it'll hit home. Um, by the way, how did you like my scenes with Yan Birch, who was uh, amazing? Uh, yeah, multiple time guest here on the show, Yan Birch, a really cool guy. And yeah, your stuff with him is uh, intense. Yeah. Yes, yes. It was intense. And we had a great time doing it. And it was very, very intense the the acting was intense with him it was intense with um shelly uh shelly as well uh when we did the kitchen scene and um it was at, i mean in acting world it, it was fun because it was because we could trust each other and we could play off each other and it was you know we felt safe i mean every time you see one of those scenes where i'm like really violent then all of a sudden um after they'll be like cut and i'll be like are you okay do you, are you okay <laughs> <laughs> so i'm like did i hurt you are you all right like you know it's kind of funny just you know my my natural my nature you know yeah. come out after it, so i think uh horror movies and especially independent horror movies um give a lot of really good roles to veteran actors that you don't normally see maybe in other genres and so, you know, you don't, you're not just playing the mom character that's just there. And the mom doesn't really you do anything. You're right, you know, you know, the token character. mom. I, I yeah. totally, that's an exactly like people ask me why I, I do horror. And it's like, because that's where the meat is. That's where the roles are. That's what the emotion is. You know, they're, they're not often 
given in a TV show or, you know, a lot of films, they focus on the teen and they'd have the mom just show that they, they have the mom or dad there as a token that the child, this is the world that the child's been brought up in, but we're not going to get into their storyline, which is fine. That's the story and the focus of whatever that is. But in a, in a, film, I think this was really unusual because the story obviously is focused on the daughter, but we're brought into my world. And I think that's unusual. I don't you yeah, know. I Definitely unusual. And it works in the movie because I think it takes you off guard because you're like focused on, you know, like, oh, you know, she's the mom. You can trust her or whatever, which really works for the movie. Yeah. I, I People, I'm telling you, when you see this, you will be surprised even by me saying this and you'd kind of understand what's going on a little bit you will be surprised because it is um even when we did it you know i had no idea what was going to be the result i just knew that when i was in the moment we would just you know take it and and everyone was really happy about what happened now you've done horror since the beginning of your career, so you know you've done uh, horror movie stuff. But had you done like uh, so much like uh, a violent role before? Good. I'm glad you asked that. No, this is my first role that I have ever been violent, and I have to say, it's interesting. I'm really glad you said that because I'm not somebody who likes violence, really, except for the fact that I. I mean, look. If somebody, somebody messed with my kid, I'm sorry, but I get violent. Right, right. <laughs> my kids, you know, like, I'm sorry. You just, I would go there just that that's the way it goes, right? So you never see yourself as being that until you're in a situation where you have to protect your loved one. And then bam, you are there, you know? Uh, I would say that it was, it was interesting because playing somebody who is that angry and that um it, it's so like a flash of white light i think the, the the idea is like when when anger hits you it's like white light you can't control yourself in that emotional state you know it just comes out and anyone who's near you is going to feel that and be affected by it so I, it's kind of interesting it was an interesting experience going through that because it's a it's not cognitive, it's emotional. Does that make sense? Yeah. And uh, it was dedicated to uh, Cleve Hall who did the the effects. I, um, oh. Have you worked with him before? Yes, uh, I, he was involved in Terror Vision as oh, far right. as I um, And I met him. I can't even believe that he is not with us anymore. Lovely man, sweet, uh, just, I, I'm glad that they dedicated it to him and just crazy with all this stuff that's been going through in the, you know, this film was done before the pandemic and then the pandemic hit. And then, so we were always, uh, you know, all of us in the cast were like, when is it coming out? And, you know, part of it was like, well, maybe it'll never come out because we don't know, you know, and uh, I'm really glad that it finally is out. And I'm glad that they made a, a tribute to him because um, this film has been hanging on the thread, you know, like kind of just waiting to come out and, um, it's I'm glad that he was able to participate in it, Clive. So that's special. Yeah. And I'm glad, you know, uh, you know, it's a movie that was specialty because it's uh, you're doing different things you never did before. And, you know, it's I, what was that like, though, to wait like two years or a year before it actually get released? It gets weird. Released. It was so weird. And 
it was, I've never in my life done a film that didn't come out, you know, within a year or so. I mean, maybe Bill and Ted's, maybe a couple of years for that. It was just odd, you know, and I, I couldn't, I kept saying like, when, why, what's holding it up? You know, it, and it, I guess I have to say that this was really perfect timing because I know I want to share this with the audience too. You know, I'm a SAG member. I've been a SAG member for 50 years, 50. Okay. So because of that, with the SAG strike, you're not allowed to promote or do any interviews, but because we are only talking about this film and not my career in general, I can talk about it because this film is an indie film. It was not done with the studios at all. And it is being distributed on a, a private platform of terror films, which makes, is why I can do these, this interview. If this was being distributed on Amazon, I could not do this interview. So it, it has to do with the timing of it is getting a lot more exposure, I think, than it would normally if everything else was out. Right. might get more attention. Um, and I just think it's great that people remember me because when we, I've been doing this press now, uh, I'm really happy that people want to meet with me. And after all this time, you know, like they still want to meet with me based on my previous work. And they're excited to see what I'm putting out now, which means that the work I've done before is interesting enough that it makes them curious, like what's yeah, going to happen. Of course. Yeah. And I would love to ask you about the uh, the previous work, but we'll do that another time. When things another are, time. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I do want to ask about the uh, the strike itself right now is because um, I, I see a lot of fans not knowing exactly like, oh, we some people are like we shouldn't uh, um, like review movies. Some people yeah. I even see like we shouldn't go to movies. Like what, what would your answer to these people? Um, I think this is a good question. OK, so basically the idea that I to my understanding is that, OK, so we're fighting for rights with the studios. And there's certain amount of studios that they're they're focusing on, the Screen Actors Guild and the Writers Guild. Um, and why they're doing this is obviously entertainment has changed so much, okay, from the time in the 80s when I was starting to, you know, there's generations and decades where now entertainment is so different than it started. Uh, it, the way, the procedure, the process, how many people are involved in, in it. So that's the first level. And then, what's happened is the when you're asking like can you post something well the, the truth is if it encourages um financial gain from the big studios then you should not do it meaning if i promote something that i've done that is streaming um on hulu or netflix or you know anything that is like a streaming service that's kind of going against the union. So if you're reviewing something that is, you know, going to promote, I mean, you're not an actor. So that's the difference. The difference is this is an actor strike and a, and a WG, uh, WGA strike. So we're not allowed to work for people. And we're also not allowed to speak about things because our job is to say, if you, you know, are not, you're not going to be able to have the, the talent to be able to put on these shows or talk about your pro, you know, projects. For someone who's not in the union, you can probably write what you want because you're not in it. But it definitely would say if, if, if it increases employment, I mean, if finances for those companies like Netflix or Amazon or stuff, then it's going against, you know, the it's going against helping actors and writers. That's, right. I think, really the, the point. The point is the financial gain, you know. Um, 
and giving people, I mean, giving people content. I mean, on the other hand, like if you said, oh, don't watch that movie, <laughs> well, then I think you're on, you're doing good. Like, oh, you don't want to see that. Don't do it. You know, um, maybe then that's the way to go. But uh, that's as far as I know uh, what, I, what I feel about them, what I yeah. know about the Strike. Right. And primarily on the show, we talk mostly about, you know, independent. Uh, yeah, it's good. For the That's most good. And this yeah. is where the little guy gets the chance to to fly. You know, um, I just did another film um, last year uh, called Paradolia. And it's supposed to have a screening in the UK in um, October. And so they want to fly me out there to, sh to be there. And it's also going to be at a uh, fest. Um, Fear Fest in the UK. There, it's it's oh, showing. Oh yeah, Fright Fest. Yeah, Fright Fest. Yeah, yeah I think Fright yeah. Fest. Thank you. I thought it was Fear no Fest. Problem. Yeah, oh, uh, the wrong real, name. I I produced my first film last year, and we premiered at Fright Fest. It was a very oh, exciting time. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. Um, very cool. Very nice. Well, so that so it's going to be shown. It's going to be showing. Um, you know, it, it it's going to do the film festival circuit, but I'll be over there. But again, that film is going to get a little bit more press, I think, because other things are not going to be able to be promoted, um, which is good. I think it's great. You know, all the indie films and everyone's got their own personal way of showing things. So, you know, it also gives the, uh, I'm going to say the audience, the, um, the entertainment audience, a look of like, okay, if we don't have these commercial films, what are films like? You know, what is this world like? And I think that's kind of a good thing for them to feel because they take may take for granted all the special effects and all the, you know, makeup things and all the, even the talent and the actors that are, you know, there. So maybe, I don't know, maybe they'll have a greater appreciation next time as things, you know, start to get fixed up with the unions. Yeah. Have you done uh, like the festival run before? Have you been like had a movie at the festivals and actually gone to them? Well, this is very cool. I I do not normally do short films, but I did this short film, Paradolia, and I did a film called Falling Up. And it was uh, for this director named Austin Ramey, who was lovely guy. Uh, he was a student um, at, um, I want to say, uh, Art Center. Art Center. He went to Art Center. And he had a film that was a time period piece, sort of like an X-Files kind of story. Mm -hmm. And I, it's a long story, basically. But basically, I, I, he promoted it and put it in the Hollywood Real Independent Film Festival. And I won my first award um, as Best Supporting Actress for that film. Oh, and that cool. was huge. Like yeah. I never in my whole life won an award. And I was so grateful that I did that short and then that that happened. So it's kind of interesting because I did not go through that that sort of world that now I get to do it later on in life. And I get to go to the film festivals and experience that. So who knows what will happen next, you know. Yeah, but that's um, very exciting. I hope fun. you have a good time. I enjoy the film festivals quite a bit. Yeah. So I hope you have a good time. Oh, yeah. I think the cool – I've seen – incredibly cool things at film festivals you know what i mean oh yeah that it's was so good i'd yeah. said in the previous interview of, of obviously people had worse things happening during covid but it was the thing that i missed was going to the film festivals and going to the movies yeah and conventions conventions are so cool i'm going yeah, to yeah. do a uh horror not a horror a a convention in Pen at um pensacone florida pensacon in february february at the end of february and then I'm also going to do another convention. I can't say what it is until they announce it, but I will be back East in October. 
for a oh, uh, so and it has to do with horror so uh looking forward to that as well so that's another place where you know you connect with people and yeah. we can talk it's it's very cool yeah yeah and the festivals like especially for short films so the uh the features usually end up you know they'll end up either theater or shutter maybe your tube something like shutter. that eventually yeah. um but a short film sometimes there's no other plat for the platform for them to go to so sometimes i've seen really great shorts but i've only ever seen them at, at the festival run exactly and you remember them right yeah. like i i'll never forget there was some some short films i will never forget them because they were such a they were so powerful um or you want to see that actor again kind of it's kind of interesting that's and it, that's a good point too. A lot of times I'll see a short film and I'm like, wow, I really like that. And then it makes me seek out either their other stuff or like the filmmaker will go on to make a, a feature film. And I was like, well, I remember their short. Now I want to check this out. And it's, yeah. that, that's very fun. I agree. So I, I recommend fe festivals for what, if you're just a fan, if, if you're in movies, whatever, I think there's something there for everybody. Yeah. And it's, and it's a great way to just network and meet your people. You know, yeah. um, that's another thing where with conventions and with film festivals, you're meeting your people, you're meeting your the people who love what you love and you discussions. And it's just it's just super cool. If you've never gone, go do it. It's so good. I agree 100 percent. Yeah, I mean, that's how I got involved making uh, movies is I went as press and then I met people and, you know, I got involved, made a short film and then made a feature film. So I love it. I love it. And is it horror? It is a horror comedy. Horror the comedy, great. Yeah, it's a, you know it's what? A I, I find that very, you know, horror and comedy actually are very close because people in the horror uh, community usually have a really good sense of humor and they, they're they nice people. They're yes, just not, yeah. I mean, it's real. Yeah. And I think they're the two best movies to watch with other people because there's a nice interaction there. You know, you can laugh or scream or whatever, you know, together. As yeah. opposed to a drama, you you could all sit there and cry together, I guess. But it's not well, no, but you're busy watching the story, and it's right, a lot right. of dialogue, and you're so busy in your head that you not necessarily have the you know the feeling, you know. So I just, I mean, it's a thinking place, you know, right. more with drama. Yeah, it adds to the community aspect, I think, the communal aspect of watching a movie together, if it's comedy yeah. or horror. Yeah, I agree. Very good. And I I really liked uh, Waking Waking Nightmare. Not just because you hear, I thought it was a really good movie, and it was very unique. And uh, and really, your performance was was great, and it really uh, it really made me smile, and it was, it was it was great. It was good. I am uh, I so appreciate you say that because um, I know that everybody's got different tastes, but I but especially when I hear it from somebody, when you just see it, it's like it just is. Um, it's it's satisfying because that's the of the energy you put into a role and you want you want people to get it or and even if it's not your style of stuff like appreciate it so but i know it is your genre so yes yeah. i'm really and i do watch other movies i'll let uh, you know i don't want people to take away my horror card i like kind of movies yeah. in general but this is a horror show but yeah yeah very yeah, cool I, I do want this is an independent film i just do want to mention it because today is the anniversary of the 10th not 10th anniversary but it's the anniversary of the movie uh, and we had the, the director on last week, Fred Vogel, the final <gasps> interview. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that. All right, Fred. Fred is so cool. He is a good guy, and I adore him and his wife so much. Um, they invited me to do that film in Pittsburgh. And it was 
you know, the description, I, I mean, here's this guy, he's making these films and he's like, okay, I'm going to make a film. It's kind of like a play and it's going to only have like three characters, basic, basically there'll be a couple extra characters or whatever, but we're, we're going to try to make this work. I'm going to try to shoot it like a play sort of. And I thought, wow, like that is, that's what indies are about. Like being able to be creative and take a chance and try something. And so what I love about the film that we did, it was called The Final Interview. If you ever get a chance to get it, do. Because what happens in this film is you have to listen so well to the story because you're visualizing so much. And so when we watched it in the theater, not a pin drop, like literally no one got up, no one went to the bathroom. Everyone was like, because you don't, you can't miss a beat of that film. Like every piece of information is important. So everyone's just sitting there really tense. And at the end, when it ends, everyone's exhausted. Like they're looking at each other going, wow. Like I've never been to a movie where there was no talking because everyone really was was listening to the dialogue and imagining in their minds what was happening. And I mean, I just thought it was really sophisticated of him to go there and, and take a chance to do that. Have you seen the movie? Yeah, I got to see it actually at Buffalo Dreams Fantastic Film Festival with Fred. Uh, the first time I met Fred uh, when it, came, it was what, a few years ago, 2018, 2017. And it, it exactly said every going in, I was like, I knew it was a dialogue driven movie. And, you know, I was, thinking you know it's like two hours or whatever. but no you're you're into it you're invested right away and it it it's not boring at all uh you're you're in you're really uh invested in the characters and see you know where this movie goes and it's a it's it's a psychological sort of a machismo thing going on like it's two guys that are like you're actually saying like who is who's worse Right, guy, right. Who is the real villain here? Who's or, the, yeah, who's yeah. the real, who's the bad guy here? Mm -hmm. Between these two guys who, uh, one is up for uh, a death row and the guy who's interviewing him. And I'm sort of playing this, I mean, I play a television producer, but I'm also the voice of the conscience mm -hmm. of, of, you know, it's an important part husband. because, like you said, you have these two characters who's real, who's not even necessarily the villain, who's worse, and then, and then, so if you don't have like the middle person, like yourself, like yourself, it you know might not work. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't know kind of where to bend or you know what to see. I give additional information that helps us understand the full story of my ex-husband and um, and Ranger, uh, Ranger, Hines who played the, my ex-husband was amazing. Like he gave like an Oscar winning performance within I that agree. movie. Yeah. Like just like everything stopped. We went, whoa. Um, it's just, it's great to see actors really flourish. I mean, I have been doing this for so long and the only thing that stops me in my tracks is when an, when an actor says, this is for me you know, and they, and they give. Whereas like, you know, some people go, oh, this is just a job. What are my lines? Where do I stand? I'm done. But the, you know, the diamond in the rough is the one, the actor, and I don't care if they're famous or not, is the one who takes advantage of the moment and says, okay, I'm going to rock this. And that's, that's exciting. Like that's exciting for me to work with them and also to say, hey, you know, that's why the creative arts are so important. So 
Yeah, yeah. Granger was there in Buffalo too. Uh, both the actors and um, yeah, great, great performance. Uh, great movie. I think it's Fred's best movie. And uh, today's the anniversary. I just want to mention because uh, you can get it for a special price too, which <gasps> is ten dollars off. Is what? Oh yeah, people today. do do get it, get it, get yeah. it. And, and it's limited way, to nineteen hundred eighty-three copies. So. Yeah. Ah, oh, and they also have cards. He has like yeah, it's got cards a bunch of stuff. cool stuff. You can't it. get anywhere else. Um, they're like collector items and. They're signed by me and all this stuff. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, great movie. So, yeah, I just wanted to mention. See, these are going to be little jewels. Like, in my career, I have, like, the the ones that are commercial success. But then these are the ones that, like, if you're a collector, they're very, they're cool. Like, they're they're jewels. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about festivals, I was really happy I got to see that at the festival. And it never got, like, a, a release, really, like, on a streaming site or anything. I think you have to get it from Fred. You have to yeah. either rent it or buy it. So yeah. I was happy to uh, see that at the theater. And it was very weird because we, we finalized this interview uh, actually last Thursday, right before I was doing the interview with Fred. So it was a really weird uh, coincidence. That's weird. That is weird. Yeah. And uh, he just messaged me here on Facebook. Awesome. Yay! Please tell uh, Diane how amazing I think I send is. my love to both of them. And I'm glad that he's recovered. He had some, I think, yeah. problems surgery-wise. And just, uh, like, as if, like, you know, life is hard, you know, and then, and then some. So I'm glad he's okay. Yeah. So uh, people should check out Waking Nightmare. I really dug it. And I, I it's really nice to meet you and talk with you. A pleasure. It was so much fun being on the show. And again, you guys, uh, you know, if you're scared of me, don't be. <laughs> Come and see me at the uh, any convention I'm at. You could follow me on social media, actress Diane Franklin. Um, I guess I should change that to actor Diane Franklin. But I've started, you know, I put that down before actor came into play. Isn't that funny? Mm -hmm. So actress Diane Franklin is my Instagram and Diane Franklin, Diane Franklin, 80, Noah S, 80 on Twitter and Facebook. I'm on Facebook, uh, Diane Franklin official, but that's me. So. All right. Very good. I'll follow you everywhere. All right. Not, I love not, it. Not, not out in the streets, but on social okay. media. That's fair. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> After seeing the movie, I don't think you want to be. On no, that's, song, that's right? a good point. It's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> Now I'm going to be very safe after that. Yeah. And um, I always try to say actor as well. Uh, Cause you don't say directoress or something, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, my, my always thing, I mean, I'm just bringing a point is why can't a guy be an actress? Why can't we just act like, why does it have mm -hmm. to be actor? Why do we go? Or, you know, like, instead of saying, uh, I was just saying, uh, saying to someone in, why do we have the woman? We should just call it. Uh, we have a man. So should we call it wan? Like, you know, like, just do go there. Just do it. You know, yeah. anyway. Um, but yeah, it's all so many names. It's all getting confusing. Just actress Diane Franklin working for me. All right. Very good. Fair enough. All right. It's been awesome. And we'll do this again sometime when things are back to normal. I love it. Thank you so much. Have, thanks for having right. me on the show. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good day. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for watching. That was all. That was awesome. Diane uh, Franklin. Great. Great interview. And uh, Waking Nightmare, very cool uh, movie, very unique. I recommend it. And um, the final interview I really love is one of my favorite movies that year. So go and get that today. I believe it's uh, till midnight or, or sometime today. So go do that. There's only uh, 1,983 copies of that out there. So go get it. So this is going to be the last uh, live show most likely. 
Um, regular show on Thursday nights until I get back. So Annabelle and I will be going out to L.A. to film uh, Psycho Ape 2, and then I'll be headed to Virginia for Genre Blast. So that'll be a good time. And uh, come on out. See the Once a Future Smash and End Zone 2. It'll be uh, it'll be good stuff. And then um, we're going to try to do some live updates while we're out in L.A. So, and maybe while I'm in Genre Blast. So uh, subscribe on YouTube. If you're watching on Facebook, uh, that's awesome. But also please go and subscribe on the YouTube. Things will pop up there. And it'll probably also pop up on Facebook. But when we come back. Our first live show back in September, September 7th. I just uh, got the confirmation. Mike Lackey will be on the show from Street Trash, original Street Trash. I say original because they're uh, doing a, a sequel reboot at the moment, but that's very exciting. Uh, we also have Gary Sherman on the show in September, who is uh, the director of Vice Squad and uh, Deathline. Lots of cool stuff. I'm very excited about that. Uh, last year was the 40th anniversary of Deathline, or maybe the it was either the 50th anniversary of Deathline, the 40th anniversary of uh, Vice Squad. Uh, Nicholas Vince will return, who uh, has a new film that's going to be playing at Fright Fest, and that is I Am Monsters. Adrian Tepes waiting tomorrow to see the movie. Excellent, good man. Uh, it's awesome. So, yeah, it is a good movie, Pepe. Safe travels. Thank you, Pepe Potit. You're a good dude. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed uh, Diane. What are your top three horror favorites? I'm sorry, Jamie. I missed your uh, question, but we're going to get it back on uh, when she could talk all about her career, and that'll be cool. I look forward to traveling. Yes, it's uh, nice to uh, to be traveling around. I agree. But I'm sorry I missed your question, uh, Jamie. Uh, Mike Carpenter, thank you for sharing this. Tell Diane hello for me off air, of course. We will do that, Mike Carpenter. Uh, here's, uh, I got a little, um, excerpt, a little clip from Nicholas Vince's I Am Monster. Now, Nicholas Vince, uh, some people know him as Chatterer from Hellraiser 1 and 2. And I know him as a, as a, as a, the man with the, the, Best groomed beard, I know. But besides that, no, he's a really sweet guy. I'm a huge fan. He's a writer. I uh, was doing podcasts for a while. I think that's on hiatus. Um, does some short films. And so his new movie is uh, I Am Monsters. And I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing this movie. Here's a little clip of it. They invited me in for a chat over tea and biscuits. I explained... I'd always felt like an outsider. The gentleman assured me we can't all be rugby-playing types, and you'll probably grow out of these feelings. That's when I realized I didn't want to grow out of these feelings. They were part of me. I didn't push it any further. I mean... It was 1976, and it was illegal to perform a homosexual act under the age of 21. I could have been sent to prison for being gay. An all-male 
prison. All right. Well, I'm very uh, interested in seeing this. I am Monsters. Um, I believe he did the play, uh, One Man Show, beforehand, and this is the, the film version. That will uh, premiere at uh, Fright Fest in London. Uh, final anniversary, uh, final interview anniversary I mentioned. Also, the 10th anniversary of Sharknado. And uh, yesterday and today, they were uh, doing some um, theatrical uh, releases. So uh, we're probably too late now, right now. But, uh, but yeah, you could have saw it the last couple of days at the theater. That would have been fun. Uh, Peter Dinklage is uh, the new Toxie. I don't have the, I should have had the photos here. But um, Peter Dinklage, the first pictures came out from uh, the new uh, Toxic Avenger. The poster art and a photo of Peter Dinklage as Toxie. So Peter Dinklage uh, plays the Toxic Avenger. Um, I'm going to have to wait and see. There's a lot of very cool people I like involved in this. It's just weird to me to do a, a big budget remake of the Toxic Avenger because I consider it like, you know, uh, this independent film, really very low budget. Uh, so it's very strange, but I'm not saying it's impossible. So I, I will refrain from uh, saying really one way or the other until it comes out. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, video game comes out tomorrow. Uh, people love the uh, Friday the 13th one. I was not a big fan, but I'm not a really good judge of this because I haven't really played video games since, um, honestly, I'm not joking, since N64. And so I gave that one a shot. A shot and I wasn't a big fan. But I've never done any of these other online video games, so I'm most people love them. So uh, this is probably because I think it's made by the same people, probably like the same cut type of gameplay. I think the graphics are a little better. Um, you can play. I think you can play as uh, humans or as uh, the you know, different family members. I think you're, it's playable as Leatherface, the Hitchhiker. Is Chop Top in it? I'm not sure. I think Chop Top and. Uh, is the cook in it? I'm not positive. But either way, check it out if you're into the video games. Uh Pepe Petit, there should be interesting. Yeah, I'm looking I'm I'm confused. Uh for a butin toxie got laid a lot. That's true. Does it make you feel better or worse? It's like, hey, if to if the toxic avenger can get a, you know, a fine young damsel, so can I. Or is it like, what the fuck? He can get this guy that's a, a mutant, a tox that was a mutated or in toxic waste. He can get women and I can't. What the hell has this world come to? So I, I could see it going either way. Uh, so I actually didn't know until we did the interview that uh, she wasn't allowed to talk about like uh, old stuff. So I had some stuff uh, uh, in my notes from her previous films, but that's totally fine. We will talk to diane uh, at a later date huge fan of where the devil roams people should check that out when uh, they're able to either at a uh, festival so uh this all ties together uh if you can make it to london or if you're in london because i know we have a lot of listeners in england fright fest so you've got um where the devil roams you've got the short film with diane franklin You've got I Am Monsters with um, Nicholas Vince. you got Black Mass uh, from Devani Penn. A lot of good stuff there. Uh, it's a huge convention. I would uh, recommend checking it out.
Yeah, I saw, I heard this yesterday. They introduced a new character, Crazy Sister, in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game. I know some people are against adding another character, but I don't know. I, I think that the idea is they also wanted, you know, a female killer, which, uh, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're a lady playing the video game, like, I want to play someone like me killing folks. So that's fine. I get it. Is there no uh, crazy, I guess, there is, was there any, I think in the uh, Motherface, that weird prequel where it's like the the origin story, um, there was the, a female character. But I mean, that movie's not really beloved or anything. So I don't know. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Well, looks like I'm going to take off. So check out, hit the like button here on uh, on YouTube. If you're all watching on Facebook, go and subscribe on the YouTube page, please. Subscribe on Spotify. Go to the website. There's links to all the different platforms we're on. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook. The Facebook group is very active. Uh, Instagram, the reels get a lot of views, so check those out. We're also on the X, Twitter. I'm on threads too, but um, for a little while I had high hopes for threads, but I think uh, it's already the novelty starting to wear off. I always forget to post stuff there. But we're on threads. Maybe we can get that going. I don't know. Um, and also please subscribe on Kick. We did a um, – we're going to start doing the Saturday night – Saturday, Saturday, Saturday Night Frights um, on Kick. So that's kick.com slash without your head. The last one was really fun. Bathtub Shark Attack. We coming, we got coming up a little green people. That'll probably be the end of September. Uh, and also Severed Limbs Films will be on the kick. So go and subscribe to that, please. Um, if you'd like to help out the show, you could uh, send a super chat or you can Venmo at Hediverse just to help uh, cover the cost. And when people do that, I like to send them a free. Oh, uh, well, it's not free because you're donating, but you're, you're not buying this. It's a, a thank you. Uh, I will s send out a uh, sticker. Boom. I also got a lot of 3X horror movie shirts um, from when I was a bigger man. 3X and 4X, if anyone's interested, uh, look me up on Facebook or email me without your head at gmail.com. All right. Have a good evening. You as well, Pepe Petit. Thank you guys for watching. Big thanks to Joe Diablo for coming on. Uh, sorry, Annabelle and Troy cannot be here. They'll be on here soon. A big thank you to John Adams. Toby Poser and Zelda Adams, uh, fantastic filmmakers, and a big thanks to Diane Franklin for coming on. And uh, our music of the month here, Hellbender. All right, so we are going to get out of here, folks. Good night, everybody.
Just a breath away. She's a devil's daughter.